Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Welcome to the OFX podcast. I'm Dave Claxton. Along with me, as always, is the wicked woman of the workout, Bethany <laughs> McChesney. This episode is brought to you by Duonamic, and I actually remembered right away. I'm off to a great start. <laughs> Shout out the sponsors. Shout out the sponsors. I am wearing a Tough Mudder shirt today, and it is mm-hmm. not by accident. I have actually done this on purpose. Yeah. We do not talk about Tough Mudder a lot, but Toughest was last weekend in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Or thereabouts, they call it Pittsburgh. It's, you know, whatever. Yeah, but um, I just wanted to say a shout out to a couple of Canadians out there, uh, a couple of women who finished in the top 11, uh, Jill Sargent, who we've seen a lot at the DECA recently, mm-hmm. has been a great girl, and uh, also hosts a podcast um, with Amber Tate, a uh, Spartan ambassador podcast, I believe it's called. Uh, you can check it out on YouTube. Um, I think she came 11th for women and uh, Jules Tower, who we know many from a long time. She was on Canada's greatest challenge is that what that show was called oh i don't know I don't why know. am i asking you about a show that was <laughs> we just discussed this before we started it that's you know nothing about television so i believe it's called canada's greatest challenge if not um i'll take a look for it look for jules tower she was in it the whole season uh it's a good show actually it was, it was it was not too bad they they essentially turned canada into a kind of an obstacle course and it was you know it was reality tv so it was all right yeah. So, uh, and I believe Jules finished, I think, ninth, ninth, yeah, eight or ninth. So good for them. And one more shout out to my boy, Chris Otis, who I don't know where he finished in toughest, but didn't matter. That wasn't his goal. His goal was to get the unholy grail, which is you have to do 15K on the Saturday, then 40, then at least 40K through the toughest overnight, then a 5K in the morning, and then another 10K in the morning for the whole deal to get unholy grail and he pulled it off and got through it so where to go why man? is it called the unholy grail oh, well they used to have like the holy grail thing and then i don't know they thought this was creative and cooler i guess i don't know the holy What's grail the used holy to include grail? yeah the holy grail used to include the world's toughest so i think you used to have to do a tougher a toughest and world's toughest over the year but tougher no longer exists mm-hmm. so then they changed it to this unholy grail thing which is all in one day or well you know a 24 hour span kind of thing oh okay so that's yeah, cool. I mean, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And well, so this weekend is Tough Mudder Canada. It is, and yeah, it is Tough Mudder Canada. So again, appropriately timed. I won't. I probably won't be there. <laughs> no. I went last year and volunteered, sort of unofficially volunteered. Mm-hmm. Like I just kind of showed up, and it was a really nice day, and we just jumped in there and helped. Yeah, I probably will go. Um, because it's close to you it's close to you right it's like 45 minutes for me you gotta go races don't exist that close and i do have a couple girls from my gym going so whether i just go and cheer or i jump in i don't know yet so life is kind of crazy right now so i just it'll be a last minute kind of decision we've never you've never done a tough letter have you no like nothing you should do it yeah i mean 45 minutes you got it just jump in go just play have fun it's not a race. Like literally, there's no race. There's no time, no timing, no? no positioning, no nothing. Oh. Just go and go with your clients or whoever you know is doing it and just have fun. So there's what about the first mud or, or whatever the first heat of the day is? No, nope, they don't do it anymore. They don't do that anymore. No, they don't do that anymore. That was the tougher. And now that's gone. They don't do it. So it's completely oh, non-competitive. Oh. If you want to do competitive, you have to do toughest or world's toughest. So toughest is a 12-hour one overnight. World's toughest is, you know, the 24-hour deal. Those are the only competitive tough mutters. Oh, interesting. So, I mean, it's kind of a good and a bad thing. I don't know why they did it. I liked the first by being tougher, but I was always pissed with tough mutter when they had competitive stuff. And I still do get pissed because it's only kind of competitive. It's confusing. I don't understand. Yeah, well, and this has always been my thing with Tough Mudder that I can't wrap my head around is it's competitive, but you help each other. So I I just, I don't really understand. I guess I've, I know I've never done one, so I don't really know how that works out, but. It's like an unofficial code kind of deal. Like, mm-hmm. so having done a couple of competitive Tough Mudders, I mean, you look at it this way. Okay, you get up over, say, uh, Everest, which is like the big quarter pipe wall, and people help yeah. you up. And then kind of the unofficial code is, 
even if you're racing, you turn around, you help the next two people up and then you take off. Right. And same if you look at it that way, like if, if I get helped across something and I turn around and help the next two people and then I take off, it's kind of the unofficial, you know, it's like prison yard code. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, that part I'm okay with actually, that part doesn't confuse me. The part that confuses me is, is so many people cheat. <laughs> okay. And I guess it doesn't confuse me, but it bothers me. And it's like, they don't seem to do anything about it. Uh, okay. And it was, I remember like several ways before it was like tougher where it was like, there weren't any penalties for missing obstacles. So I'm like, how do you, how do you, I don't, I don't get that. So if you fall off, you just run and you're good. Like I used to drive me insane. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot Deanna Braz too. She came in there. She was in the top 10 too. Good job. Oh, man. Yes. And there's other people too that were there, like Joe Perry. But Joe Perry's at all of them, so that's to be expected. Um, but yeah, it uh, and Joe Zach. See, now names just keep rolling in that I keep seeing on the list. Um, yeah, so you, but you should do it. Yeah, I mean, you, 45 minutes from the house, you got to jump in it, get a little muddy. Some of the yeah. obstacles are very cool. You'll enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it would be fun to play on some obstacles. And so. yeah, and there's no pressure, right? So it's just literally yeah. play day. It's It's field day at school. Mm-hmm. you know yeah just have a good time and great mm-hmm. and anybody out there who hasn't signed up yet go do tough mother <laughs> a lot of fun um yeah so that was tougher so i wanted to talk about this week and it's because i've had people question me all right so would you part of that i do this thing with um mappy davis jack bauer rich ryan um uh, marcus uh and ian k and we we essentially do a unofficial hybrid athlete poll. And essentially, it's just top 20 of who we think are the hybrid ath- best hybrid athletes at this moment. And um, and then, you know, we submit it and people tell us we do a shit job. So it's great. It's good fun. That's exactly what it's for, is for people to complain and start discussions. And, um, and yeah, so I thought I'd give you a chance to pick apart my picks. So I, and, and that's the thing, like people only see our total scores tabulated. They don't see everybody's individual picks. Yeah. But so I thought I would, and I will post it. I will post mine. And I thought you could pick mine apart and um, tell me where I went right and where I went wrong and see, see what you did. And I guess the best way to do it is probably to actually go through them. Mm-hmm. And you want to start with the men or the women and I'll list them. Start with? Yeah, you want men or women? What do you want me to list off first? Um, list off the men first. All right. 20, 20 up or 20 down? Or we want we're gonna start at one or twenty? Uh start at twenty. All right, twenty. We got Marc Antoine Tremblay. Um, and for those of you who don't know, he is uh he, he won this year's RX one championship. Alfonso de Rios, Anas Zuri, Nick Riker, Tom Hogan, Jonathan Wynn, Austin Azar, Tim Vinezik. BJ Jones, James Kelly, Michael Sambach, Graham, Graham Holiday, Ryland Shadeg, Tobias Ludvine, Alex Ronkovic, Dylan Scott, David Magida, Rich Ryan, Hunter McIntyre, Ryan Kent. All right. So I actually did send you these ahead of time, which is unusual for me because usually I just like to throw things at you. But I allowed you a little time to prepare. So what mm-hmm. jumps out to you? Well, like... I mean, after the events of this weekend, I wouldn't put Ryland so far down. But that hadn't happened yet. This was before this weekend. <laughs> right. so you got to give me that. And yeah. I totally agree. That's I, fair. I, and I imagine Ryland, Ryland will have a very big jump this month as Dylan Scott did last month. Right. Yeah. And I mean, some of these guys, it's just, are we talking High Rocks hybrid or are we talking DECA hybrid? Well, and so then the question is the ability to do both. Right. Yeah, so. in, in my mind, yes, it is the ability to do both and where you kind of fit. Now, everybody's kind of, and that's the thing, when they they set up this little um, quorum to make these these lists, there was no real boundaries given. Uh-huh. It was okay. just what you think the definition is. And to me, I've put out there, my definition of a hybrid race is essentially any race that has a mixture of, and I more substantial but any mixture that has a mixture of basic cardio running uh, biking rowing skiing uh probably even swimming mixed with uh basic 
uh, exercise movements, um, mm. you know, squats, lifts, whatever, you know, the things we do in, in high rocks, the things we do in DECA, things like that. So that to me is kind of where my line is. Um, the problem is if mostly defining basic movements, right? So the kind of put that out there. Anyway, so I'm trying to pick when I'm doing mine, I'm not picking who I think is the best hybrid athlete. Because then that's a whole new kettle of fish. I'm picking out who I think is the best hybrid racer at that moment. So that's my definition. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, these top, it's so at the top, it's so difficult to say, right? It's mm -hmm. any given day or depending on what the race is. Um, Interesting, you put Rich ahead of Dave Megida. Okay, just yeah. I think Dave Megida's range is a bit bigger than Rich, just mm -hmm. as far as you know, you put high uh, high rocks and heavier stuff. Same with Alex Ronkovich, um, and then Hunter. We haven't really. I mean, obviously he dominates the high rock scene, but I mean he's never stepped foot into the DACA world at all. So two things right from there. One, uh, I got a lot of flack about putting rich in third uh, mm -hmm. mostly from rich <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing when i'm making my list i am really weighing weighing very heavily on world championships and okay. i think rich won deca world championship and to me that buys that buys him some time and yes he shit the bed in philly mm -hmm. right and it wasn't great but that said, that world championship to me still carries a ton of weight. He does have some decent high rocks uh, numbers as well. No, he's not top 15 or whatever, but world championship. That to me, if you notice, all top three of my guys are world champions. Right. And that to oh, me carries. So you weigh, yeah. So you weighed very I, heavily into championships. I weigh very heavily into the championships. I do. And now if Rich was to come out and let's say go to Orlando and shit the bed again, or and for I believe he is is it this weekend that he's going to Madrid? Is Madrid High Rocks this weekend? Uh I, I think, think it's either this weekend so. or next. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so if that one goes bad too, then then he's gonna start to drop because I mean eventually it is what it is. So yeah, I got flack for that, which is interesting. However, I also and I don't we're we're not supposed to really discuss others' opinions, but I can say this. I was the only one who did not put Hunter McIntyre as number one. And it's interesting that you got the same view I did because mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, he is world champion. But what has he done since then? Like nothing. Mm -hmm. And he only did like three races last year and they were all high rocks. Uh -huh. So is he like the dominant force at high rocks? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's all. Mm -hmm. And you can say, well, if he jumped in here, he'd do this. If he jumped in here, he'd do this. Yes, you can say that, but he hasn't done it. So until yeah. he does it, I can't, you know, I'm not going to give him credit for what he hasn't done just because I think he can. I think Matt Frazier can come in and destroy a DECA, but he hasn't done it. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah. it, it's it's kind of that same logic. And I can also say that Ryan Kent beat Hunter head to head twice at High Rocks. Ryan Kent has two world championships, not one. Mm -hmm. Ryan Kent has put in good performances this year as well. Right. Yeah. So, and both Deca and High Rocks. And he's done well in other things uh, like uh, grit games and things like that. So he's been yeah. more prevalent. So that's where I cut flack. I'm I'm kind of interested that you kind of sided with me there without even knowing because we didn't talk about this before. Yeah. Well, and I think too, when like I think about Hunter right now, he, he's not really focused on hybrid racing. Like he knows High Rocks is just so catered to his strengths. Um, but I mean, right now doing the Ironman stuff and some ultras and I mean, I don't doubt that if he stepped foot into a deck arena, he would do well, but it's really not, uh, it seems like what he wants to do. So I don't think not ranking him the number one hybrid racer, um, would be any shock to him considering it doesn't really seem to be his focus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm in, I'm impressed, Beth. I'm impressed because I think you're <laughs> the only one on my side for oh, that. Oh, really? Well, like I said, I was the only one who did it. And it is very easy with Hunter's bravado and his ability to just throw him yeah. in number one. It's yeah. very easy to do. But when I broke it down, to me, it made sense um, to put him up there. Uh, 
then like you say, uh, Megita, I do have Megita up there as well because he has done a lot of good things and he is European champion. And mm-hmm. he was a podium at uh, at DECA last year as well. So, I mean, that carries a lot of weight, weight to me too. And he won North Americans. And he, yeah, that's why, sorry, North American champion. He's not European, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that put him in there. So I th- Dave Megita healthy um, is, is probably ranked higher there. Dave Megita healthy is terrifying. Yeah. Like when he is, when he is on and dialed in and has his, his strategy mapped out, right. He's fantastic. He's really good. And he could be one of the best. He's one of the guys that, that has, and then we can say this, there are a few people that have potential to beat Hunter at, at, uh, at high rocks, but he's one of them. Yeah. You know, he has the strength. He has the speed. Like he's for his size. He is such a great runner. Yeah. Which is what you have to say for someone who's really good at high rocks. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was my list. Uh, some things too that people, like I said, uh, that Mark Antoine, people who don't know, we talk about RX one quite often. I'm sorry, and I put this out there, and I'm going to say it again when we get to the women. But in actuality, me putting Mark Antoine that low is probably a disservice, because I could argue. I agree. Yeah. I could argue that not only if you put all these people in an RX one race. Not only would he probably win, but probably only seven of them would finish, mm-hmm. because of the move set is different and and different skill wise. Like, I mean, if you put in, and I'm not going to harp on Dylan because I love Dylan. Dylan's Dylan's our boy. He's our buddy. He's Timo effects, but he's not doing the weight in an RX one for clean and jerk, jerks and snatches. He's mm-hmm. just not capable of it. Yeah, or the technicality I, of some of the gymnastics stuff. Exactly. I don't see. I don't like. I, I I could be wrong, but I don't think Ryan Kent can do ring muscle ups. I'm just saying that. No. that yeah. If we put, I mean, give him a couple of weeks, he probably can. Probably could. It. Oh, there's no doubt he's got the physical <laughs> yeah. strength and ability, yeah. but they haven't done it. So I'm just saying. My thing is, if we put all these 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 20 men in an RX1 race, Mark Antoine's not coming 20th. I agree. Yeah. Well, and again, so then now we're getting into um, (laughs) like the details of what races that they do. Right. So, I mean, when we're talking about the best hybrid racer, really what we're defining it as is the high rocks and DECA, because that's just what we see. But I mean, for people that haven't raced RX1, um, that's an, to me, it's kind of the ultimate hybrid race because it's always different. Like DECA and high rocks is still so defined. So yes, mm-hmm. it's a hybrid race, but like RX one, you have to be good at a lot more things. So, um, yeah, yeah. That that raises raises the question though: is high rock, is RX one too skilled? And if RX one is involved in it, then a lot of elements of CrossFit need to be involved in it, and then it becomes completely gray trying to pick out, like if you go from the games, which events would be considered a hybrid event, hybrid race, and which ones wouldn't. Right. right? And then you got to pick out who did well at those races. So it really opens that kettle of fish. Yeah. So really we're saying who's the best at DECA and high rocks, but because we said hybrid RX one has to be in the equation, but I mean, we got to just get some of these RX one racers to cross over and vice versa. And then it will just kind of help our decision. making. Exactly. Exactly. So I will, uh, all right. So we'll move on to the women mm-hmm. and I will put for the women here. Um, starting at 20th, Marjorie Lassard, RX1, she was on the show recently. So, uh, Becca King. Becca King is a Canadian who has great times in Deca Mile, who has great times in Deca Strong, Deca Mile, and as well, I think, was top Deca Mile team for women. I don't know if that's still the same. Anyway, Becca King, good at Deca. Um, Janay Thompson, High Rocks, Katie Duke, Jezebel Kramer, Camilla Massa, Rebecca Mason, Bridget Brown, Linda Meyer, Calypso Sheridan, Bell McFarlane, Alundra Greenley, Carly Wopat, Viola Oberlander. Chris Roglowski, Vivian Tefudo, Michaela Norman, Tara Jackson, Meg Jacoby, Lauren Weeks. What do you think? Um, well, first, I think Alondra Greenlee is too low on your list. I, I, yeah, okay. I'll go with that. Go with that. Triple silver medalist at DECA World Champs. Like, yeah. she has the full range. Like, she was, and then top 15 high rocks. Like, she was, what did she come at World Champs? Fourth? Last. No. <laughs> what? 
Well, she had, okay, in fairness, she did not deserve her positioning. It was, there was a super strange and weird penalty she was given during the sled pull. Right. Okay. Completely bizarre and unwarranted. So yes, she would have done much better, but I believe she was either 14th or 15th. It did not go well after that. Okay. Always a consistent competitor though in High Rocks in the top 15. Um, so yeah, I, like, I'm not sure why she would be below Carly Wopat, most importantly. Because Carly Wopat has done well at some of these other ones as rich ryan calls them goofy games um did really well at the grit games stuff like that does did really well at battle bunker those kind of things set the deck a strong record which is massive so i mean not only did she set it she destroyed it so as of late she's been on a roll whereas alundra has not really been up to her potential since high rocks so this year she hasn't really been performing as well to this point i agree and i and and this she a uh, Alundra dropped quite a bit this week, this month. Sorry. Mm. So uh. that that's why. And I mean, you make a good point. So I mean, that's very arguable, and and that that is one I thought you'd pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's a tough one. Like, and I mean, Alundra's just been so consistent. Carly's new on the scene. Like, her potential is mm-hmm. uh, like the sky's the limit with someone like Carly. Bell is someone too who and Calypso, like they're still kind of new. And I mm-hmm. think with those two also, their potential yeah. is so huge on the hybrid racing scene. So like once we see them kind of jump into DECA and some other hybrid races, we'll kind of know how they stack up here a little bit better. Um yeah, it's tough to argue with those top five or six there. Um, um yeah. I do f- find that um and again you'll notice the top three world champions yeah straight through consistent with that and i i remain that but also they're they're a little less controversial um some people at this point because megan meg has been so hot might say they want meg over lauren that actually was a tough call but at the same time if i look at recent head-to-head yeah lauren has had the better meg and and it's not by a lot. It's not much. This is not like, oh, she's smashing Meg. No, it's just. No, it's with Lauren and Meg. It's literally a coin flip at this point. Yeah. It, and again, it is truly a judgment call. And, uh, you know, that said, I had to go one way and it was the recent head to head that gave me that push in that direction. Um, yeah. yeah um, sorry. Just a sec. Yeah. I'm going to send it to him in a sec. All right, uh, Kevin's waiting for Link. All right, and and Michaela Norman. Some people maybe thought Michaela Norman should be up there. I personally actually, I don't know, she, since she had the European Championship, to me, that's what's keeping her up there. She hasn't performed very well, but then she just did pretty good in Dubai. So we'll see from that. Uh, Vivian Tufudo was someone who really jumped up, and Chris Rogloski jumped up as well, because they mm-hmm. both, um, you know, they, they both had a big move this week, and I think rightfully so. And then, yeah, so I think the women are a little more. Less controversial. Less controversial. Yeah. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. I really do believe somebody like Vivian, by the time this year is over, could be in the top three. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, she's just been that good. Um, And I do find if you if people will notice when they look look at the final rankings, Tara Jackson is actually rated number fifth, uh, number five. I think that is absolutely criminal. Um, as you can see, I have her third and yeah. I, you know, I mean, a double world champion with a third top 15 in high rocks, um, current deck a mile record holder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give props where it's due. I think. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's my deal. But that said, I'll probably go on with a lot of other stuff like this and we'll probably jump into some of it later on with our guests. But let's get straight to it. Um, today we're talking to a guy who is all about DECA, all about the short stuff, all about power, and all about the bike. And if you don't know who we're talking about, well, you haven't been paying attention. So let's talk to Kevin Gregory. All right, Nick, Kev, you didn't get to hear it, but I actually probably did one of my best intros with you. Like... I- I suck at intros, and I think I really nailed this one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna highlight it for sure. It was, it was great. It was very great. I can't wait till, uh, can't wait, can't wait till the um, episode comes out so I can hear it. Yeah, sadly, I should probably quit now while I'm ahead because I'm probably gonna <laughs> screw it all up from there. Enough. All right, um, hey, Kevin Gregory, you know what? And and I'm not even talking bubbles, a clown. You asked, is it bubbles or Kevin? We want Kevin because Kevin is the one that is smashing all the deck of shit. 
little bubbles today. How did you get, what is that? Did you get a 3D printed of bubbles? Yeah, Spartan made it. And then they had it on display at World Championships a couple of times. So. Get out. I uh, hold on to it. They it's pre underdog, so I got old logos. That should be what we get instead of like rams and, and batons is little little action figures of ourselves. <laughs> I should message the company and see if we could do another scan somewhere so I can get an updated model. Just think, Beth, like they could be six inch figures, but yours could be three. <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> awesome. That was a um, great, great picture you got, uh, Beth, at, uh, where, at Philly. Oh, with Carly. <laughs> yes. That thing got around. <laughs> that was great. Uh, I became a meme for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> There's many ways to get famous. That's not the worst thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to talk to Kev because one, you've been, you've been tearing it up on the deck of thing. Everything's been going amazing. And you must be the most prolific DECA relay partner there is. I think I'm a, I'm a good partner. <laughs> I know what I need to do, and I know what my partner needs to do. And I team up with people that fit my uh, areas of opportunity pretty well. So right now, you probably know, I mean, we can look at the leaderboard in a bit, but you probably know better than me. Where are you at for, let's just start with all the team stuff. So DECA strong for men. DECA strong for men. Third now that Ryland the Savage decided to come out of his cave. Well, what's uh, up with that? Eight eh? weeks of training. I don't know what where he's been, but he's definitely been putting in the work because he had an amazing weekend. Mm-hmm. I three records in the weekend. Yeah, like that was crazy. And I mean, I don't put a ton of stock in the records because, especially with the gym events, because setups can be different and everything. Can, but like three in a weekend is not an accident. That's not a fluke. Yeah, I mean, Tara, Tara did two last weekend, so clearly. Someone had to outdo her. <laughs> well, I think I figured out the key because I talked to Ryan a little bit. And apparently what you need to do is you need to sleep in your car the night before. And that's I've done that before that's, many races. No decas though. No, that's how it's done. Apparently you sleep in the car. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. I don't know how far Idaho is from Utah. That's where he lives, right? Utah. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He competed in Idaho with Grayson. I noticed Grayson only did uh, doubles this weekend. <laughs> so, so you're sitting third for that. Uh, what about and and that's for the that's for the men. What about because you're also Men's, in there for the mixed yeah. for yeah, for mixed. I have and men. So for coa or for doubles strong, I have the women or the co-ed record with Amber and the men's record with AJ Gallic mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's interesting. Now there's two co-ed times that are better than me and AJ's male time, though, which is kind of cool. Uh, Katie Duke and Grayson Kilgore also beat that time this weekend. They're 9.08, and AJ and I are 9.10. Wow. The, the, there's, some of these are strange. Like Some of the co-ed ones, like you say, they're like that, where the, the co-eds can be super fast. And then other ones, like I look at it, and I look at um, like Ryland's mile time, and I'm like, if he was to do it with a partner, would it slow him down? I thought about doing it with my mom and I just do a strong and then my mom's my partner, but she doesn't have to do anything. And then we go in as a father, uh, as a mother daughter team <laughs> and we still run an 11 and change. So we should qualify. <laughs> oh, dude, don't break the system. Don't break it. Like that's what happened with high rocks with Dylan and Tara, where they just, Tara didn't do any station. She just ran around with Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I, I've actually thought about that, where it's like somebody's going to do something like this sometime and it's going to be terrible. <laughs> but um, so you got that. You got that going on the mile. You got some good mile times, too. Yeah, my I just ran an 1833. Uh, so that puts me back in the elite top 20 for the mile. I don't know where I sit, though, because uh, Jared Newby just put on put a low 18s up this weekend. So he's ahead of me. And um Ryland was already in there but so I, I think I'm in the teens I'm definitely in wave two but what's exciting is Chaz Hatton who trains with underdog is in is in uh the top 10 for a mile and then AJ Josh Gonzalez and I are all in the back 10 uh of the mile at the moment um based on what's there and what I've gathered from who's also 
been going to be inserted into leaders. Yeah, see, I guarantee you're like me. You're the one. You're the one flicking through all the results on the weekend to see what's happened before yeah. it gets on the leaderboard. I do it. I do it. It's terrible. I have Fifty open tabs on my uh, on my browser <laughs> and my phone. Yep. I'm like, oh, this. Where's the state? All right, there's no one good out there. I don't have to keep checking this one, but <laughs> I didn't even look at Idaho. I just saw Ryland. I'm like, where the hell is this guy? I didn't see him anywhere. And then yeah. I saw he's out and then. <laughs> and I guess he's just been because he can he can't run. He's just been smashing the machines, it's just nonstop. Yep. And good I mean, for him. I mean, I I have a little bit of envy because I wasn't the first person to go sub eleven. Still haven't, but I'm very I'm very happy that he has because. And I was talking to him a bit about it. I messaged him both days after both of his uh, runs, and I just think the Roger Bannister effect. Like now that he's broken eleven, even though by a lot. Um, <laughs> more people are going to break it now because that level of belief is there. And last year that was Ryan Corning for me. Like he did the bike in under a minute and I was like, Oh wow, this is incredible. And then it was 50 and 40 and 30. I'm like, Holy crap. Like I'm not, I'm not that much worse than him. Like what can I do? And then my time kept, kept creeping down. So um very excited to see where, where the people world is going to be crazy. Um But to see who else can break 11 before worlds and, would put myself on a short list of people with the ability to do that. Colin and Kent are the other two that I would say are well in the range of doing that as well. So I, th- I th- last year I was most looking forward to the mile because I just thought the setup and the competition would be good. This time it's strong. Mm. I think it is literally going to be a dogfight. And I think it's going to come down to it. you guys at the top are all so close. And depending on the layout of the course, and how it works again, because I mean, last year that layout definitely played played a, a factor in it. It's it's anybody's day. It's whoever has the day, and that that makes it so exciting. I was thinking about that today. Um, I've I've never ran track or anything, but thinking about track and field at the highest level, um, people know what they can run, and then you put all these top top people right next to each other, and then they're like just divided by split seconds. Like that's how I feel like it's going to be. And hopefully no one trips and falls down. But. <laughs> yeah. No falling on the box. There was a lot of that at the track and field world championship. <laughs> you watched it, actually. I, I, I did plug that. Uh, I heard it, heard about that and saw some highlights and I was like, wow, I never watched track before, but it's like NASCAR. <laughs> it's only exciting when there's a crash or something. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> Jeez. Well, that's awesome. Um, so then you've got you've got all those teams and then you've got uh, as well you've got your your fit team as well. Um, so who are you going to be running fit with this year? It's a great question. Uh, I ran with Laura qualified. I ran with Karen. I'm pretty sure our time will hold up to qualify. And then I ran with Mark Steeds, uh, Canadian. Yep. Um, and I'm pretty sure our time is going to stay qualified. So as of right now, Laura, um, she got married last weekend. And she didn't run individual in Philly because of that reason. She was planning her stuff. So if she's only qualified for teams, I don't know if she's going to want to make the flight down to Dallas uh, because she hasn't run a strong or a mile. Um, I hope she comes to Orlando. She said she might, in which case I'll run with her again this weekend and see if we can put up a better time. Um, and then she has three months to get in shape for Worlds. But because uh, <laughs> she's in terrible shape, she kept apologizing for second place in Philly, she, and I'm like, she looked pretty okay, damn fast in Philly we, to me. We we did what we came to do. We <laughs> didn't beat we didn't beat Rich and Meg, but we did very well. But uh, yeah, so she's my uh my top top choice right now. But if she doesn't come to uh, Orlando this weekend, I'll just partner with somebody else and get another qualifying time in, so that way I have options, so I don't get stuck at the end if she decides not to make the trip which i wouldn't blame her for not coming for one individual event all right, all right. so will you race two team races uh well i wouldn't race with mark and her but um mark's in the same boat like i don't think he's going to qualify in any other discipline he's not going to qualify him. he didn't even run the fit in canada so um i just don't have options like if she's like i'm not going to go then i can like all right hey um, maybe try to convince Mark to come or Karen's going, but I think she's, she's latched onto Brian Mealy. They raced together last, um, and I think their time was fine. 
but I, I, uh, <laughs> I have been asked if I'm going to do, well, I've qualified nine times for worlds so far. I mean, if it ended today, I've qualified for individual in all three age group and fit and so far elite for mile and strong. And then both genders in all three distances. So I just went over the fit, the mile I have the second now second fastest time because Ryland and Grayson decided to do the, the mile and beat Zach Tate and my time, which still in qualification. Yeah. And, uh, I also did that one with a bad Achilles, so I couldn't even run. Um, and I've gotten better. And then uh, I had the, I may or may not have had the co-ed mile record for five minutes last weekend. <laughs> Sarah, Luke, and I have been talking, and we're not sure who finished first. If we finished first, we had the record. If not, then we never did, but they had a better time than us. So I think I can clear that one up. You know? Yeah, because I watched you guys do yours. And I had been yeah. in conversations with Tara throughout the day and she and, and Luke had not gone yet. So you yes. guys did have it for whatever the amount of time it was. I, and they took at it least a time. minute, at least yeah, a minute, at least a minute, but yeah, I'm eating sushi and I'm like, what the hell is this? No, <laughs> my, my partner never did doubles before. And she's very new to this new to Spartan and Decca. And, and you did um, try to kill her. I did. She <laughs> didn't understand my let's go and ran right in my, in the path of the train. Um, so when, when they beat us and, uh, they, I think their time was seven seconds faster than us. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, uh, I felt bad telling her cause I'm like, that was her, her fame for the weekend, but we're still, we're still in qualification. And when we run again together sometime, then we'll, we'll definitely do better because she won't get in my way. <laughs> I, I will say this. Like I said, watching that, that girl can run. She has got some wheels. Carla, I never, I mean, I've seen her a couple of times. She's friends with uh, Sammy mm-hmm. on our, on the underdog team. So she's like, oh, my friend Carla, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, sure. And she came out great, super big, smiley and, and fun and stuff. And she had the best female time at the mile um, when we were hosting. And I was like, don't go anywhere. We're teaming up later. And she's like, really? Are you sure? I'm like, 100%. I need to get a co-ed mile in. So let's uh, stick around. You'll just do what I need you to do. And she did. So that's fun. So you've got you've got all your bases covered here, but <laughs> now, now the I'm decisions at it. are the hard part. But what I'm looking at, and this is, and we we is perfect that the three of us are here to discuss this because we are the majority of the reason this rule exists. Yeah, <laughs> the no I mean, two, two two thirds of us are two thirds of us are yeah. So <laughs> hey, I, I I I had a sub too. I, yeah, I feel very oh, really? much like this rule. Yeah, we is all had subs. <laughs> it's just. It's just your guys' subs impacted. Mine did nothing. Like, yeah. Well, we did something, but it didn't impact the, the outcome. But yeah, we were part of that rule. So the no substitution rule, I personally think it's stupid. I mean, I'm not going to, yeah, with sugarcoat it. I think it's dumb. I think it. there's every team sport out there has substitutions allowed. And I'm putting this out there to you, and I've made this example to some other people. Let's, for argument's sake, Matt Frazier and Tia Toomey show up at Deca Fit Philly, put in a time, qualify. Tia Toomey goes off because she's pregnant, can't do it. You're going to call Matt Frazier and tell him, sorry, Matt, don't show up. We don't need you. You think you think Deca's going to do that or Yancey's going to make that call and say you can't? Well, you can't, well oh, they you have can't a big have... following, Dave. They have a big following, so they're definitely going to be allowed to do that. So you, yeah, so you see what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense to me in any aspect. Mm-hmm. And the only argument I've heard is, well, you could bring in a ringer. If I could bring in a ringer, I would have had that person to qualify with in the first place. Sure. Well, it's still 50% of the team is there. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you're bringing in a ringer and you just, like Kevin said, where you could just, you know, that person does 95% of the work and you just kind of, you know, move the sled once. Like, it's not really going to dramatically change things. And if they're that good, they would have been doing it anyways on their own. They're, to Dave's point, yeah, they're going to, both both of you said it, like, we're not going to get better because we found someone different. We're qualifying the same exact event that we're going to be competing with in at Worlds. It's not like, I don't know, Battle Bunker or like Stone Cold's uh, Ranch where you do all this like stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the obstacle course race and then you're running a different, different event. So um, I get it's frustrating if your team shows up 
as the team that qualified and he got beat by somebody else. But I mean, at the end of the day, you got to race who's there on the, on that day. I don't, I really have no idea like what people that don't agree with uh, the substitution rule would warrant. Like what, what's the answer? Disqualify the whole team because one person didn't come like, Laney got hurt, right? She broke her foot last year. Yeah, yeah. And then Cassandra, like, had massive Achilles issues. She still hasn't competed since then. So it's not like, oh, shucks, I don't feel like coming. Here, take this other girl. So, mm-hmm. um, like, if you, if you don't want to allow it, like, what's, what's the – like, that just forces you to qualify with 12 partners. But the spread of Decafit, like, you're already needing to travel to race a race they're not getting paid for even if you win multiple times travel and distance and whatnot. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I the mean, best it, people in the arena on the race on the day of the race. I agree. Yeah. And I mean, the sport is so new, like why leave anybody out for any reason whatsoever? And I mean, again, you, like you said, we're, we're not paying like huge prize purses here where, like, I mean, in, like last year, there was no money for teams. So mm. at the end of the day, like, it's great to see some good teams put together, like, regardless of who's there. And 50% of the team, like, if you were going to the Olympics, 50% of the team is fine. Like, and we went through this so many times last year because of all the controversy with my team. And uh, 50% of the team is still there, then it's still still the mm-hmm. team. So, I guess, yeah, I guess the two-person it's 150 but i mean if it was a four-person team and only one person was left then i get why that would be an issue it's a completely different makeup but in this case it's you know two people one one can't make it but and here's the thing you want to fill the field with the quality like look at the drop-off from how many people raced in the elite last it was it 12 like yeah first to 12 was massive like after the podium there wasn't depth in any field maybe fourth and fifth maybe fourth was close in one gender the other but after that whoever wants to come and the thing i keep hearing is well you know you and again like i said you could bring in a ringer or you can do so the complaint is i could lose to a better team how does how does that justify it's world freaking championships it's not it's not beer league hockey where, oh, you can't sub a guy because you're bringing a ringer. This is the world championship. If you lose to a better team, that's because it's the freaking world championships. Mm-hmm. That's that's how it should be. The best team should win. Right? Like, I don't get it. I will never get it. I, well, and if, again, if our goal is to build the sport, bringing in a, ring, a ringer probably means you're bringing in a, a good athlete from potentially another sport, which brings exposure to the sport. DECA is so small right now. Like, mm-hmm. bring anybody in. Who cares? Let's grow the sport of DECA. Joe DeSun has been doing that with Spartan for years. He just recruits all these people that didn't run a Spartan race all year. He's like, all right, you're racing in the Tahoe World Championship. That way we can talk about this world-class triathlete or football player or whatnot just yeah. to get people's eyes on it. And Yeah. So if my partner gets injured, heaven forbid, knock on wood, maybe I call uh, Tia Toomey. <laughs> hey what are you doing this weekend <laughs> like, down in Texas. like wouldn't that be incredible for DACA yeah yeah and I mean and and theoretically you would not be allowed to do that I was thinking about <laughs> I was thinking about the, I'll commit to Steeds we'll register and then I'm gonna have them call Galen Rupp because they like went to college together or something and then that way I have a faster runner because <laughs> Mark, Mark sucked running uh, in Canada for the rain. <laughs> uh, I man, I just I, this is something that I've gone through in my head a bunch of times. And the only thing I could see, and this is what I would agree with, is for example, and I can use you as a great example of this, uh, Kevin. And forgive me for how this is going to sound, sound, but whoring yourself out in different teams. For example, well, you should you... do it in different ways, but I've really uh, toned it down. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if example, you went and qualified with me, you qualified with AJ, you qualified with with Zach, you qualified, and then all of us took those quals, and then you just raced with another yeah, person. Yeah. So that I could definitely see not allowing that, which would which makes sense to me. So, for example, all it would take is something where, uh, and I could use myself and Tara as that for an example. So, let's say Tara, who is not going to race teams, 
because she's focusing on individual. Uh, let's say I could take that and race with somebody, but that doesn't, that means Tara cannot. Right. Mm-hmm. So if, if you yeah, give up, you're your, like dividing. Exactly. Your if you give up your spot on one team, you cannot go with another. In that, That's in fair. So I think that would solve that problem. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I was curious, I, I figured you'd kind of feel the same way we did about it. Cause it doesn't make sense. And should we put this in the bucket of deck of things? I don't understand. Like, uh, why when you race elite and you get 21st place at fit, you don't get uh, to go to worlds because I'm going to go, injured. I'm going to go walk away. You and you and Beth can have a chat. Um... <laughs> <laughs> this this one here is like the 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 single rule that's agitated me more than any other rule that's ever existed in hybrid racing because i am that bubble person like currently i'm sitting 21st i'm sitting 21st right now and so if everybody shows up i don't have a spot at the world championships last year i didn't either and i wasn't i wasn't that close um but again so then i watch my age group race and I couldn't race in it. I raced teams, which was fantastic, but I would have loved to be able to race my age group race. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, it's not like I was the only person. And so the way that the Decker rule works is if you race elite, you can only qualify in elite. You can't drop down if you consider it down to an age group race. They're two separate races, unlike the mile and the strong where the top 20 and then the rest is all age group. So there are people then who, so then, so I, and I've talked to Yancy about this multiple times. So his solution is then I have to race twice. So I've had two opportunities to race the fit. Um, and so then what I would have had to do essentially is race three times in one day, an elite race, an age group race, my team race. So, and then expect to perform on each of the three races. So now, and because I'm the runner on my team race, I'm expected to run 15K on, in a fast, hard concrete. Okay. That's kind of, and it's the exact same race for the, it's not like the elite race is different than the age group race. You just want me to sign up twice and run it under two different categories. That makes no sense whatsoever. It's not the way it is with the mile and the strong. So there are people then like could be myself who will not have a spot, but we've committed so much time and energy into the deck of worlds, but we don't have a spot at the world championships because we didn't choose to race an age group race. And so there are people like, um, Julie best made a big post about it. Julie best just made a post about this. Mm -hmm. So, uh, she shot her shot in Philly, um, race elite, and she raced her team race. And so she did not run a time that will put her into the top 20. I don't know how the rule downs will work, but that was, and there's no reason that she shouldn't have raced elite. So then what you're doing essentially, if you, um, if you're someone who you don't want to run 15 K hard on, on concrete in a weekend, then, uh, you make people choose to race age group. So then what's going to happen is you're going to dwindle the elite fields again, which has been the biggest problem with Spartan racing since this whole elite mm-hmm. and age group thing, thing started, is trying to keep people racing elite. Yeah. So, anyways, it's just, it's such a silly rule to me, and I will never, I will never understand it. I do not see a, a side to this that doesn't make sense that we, that someone, if they n- didn't qualify in the elite, they can race age group. It makes no sense. When they announced this last year, like before the season, as the season was starting and we were going over the rules of qualification because we're going to have a world championship. This is in like January or something. I was like, let me get this right. My top 20, no matter what in these two goes there. But in this one, you have to decide. Like, yeah. I'm like, but what if this? That's how it's going to, that's how it is. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And then I'm like, oh, I forget about it. I just know, but then Kim Worlds, no one really knew that. Like you've known that because you were around last year, but people would um, like Matt Carroll last year. Um, he worked with us a little bit, but he he just got ninth in Philly, ran elite last year. He ran elite in Philly. I think he got top ten, but his time wasn't good enough to go. But he didn't find out till after the event that he wasn't going to get a bid in age group because. He didn't run age group. So this year he did what you just said. Well, he didn't run teams, but he's like, all right, I got to cool off and I got to go back out for my age group wave because this is the only fit I'm going to get to. And that way he has a spot. And it, 
it waters down the elite field. If like, it's tough in the age group from someone who's I'm on the bubble. I know I'm not going to qualify elite. I'm not running a 31, but I want to race the fast people. I want to get pulled by the people that are better than me. When I run open or age group, you just go in a, in a corral and the next six up go and I'm racing four or five other people that are nowhere near my ability. And then you're not really racing. You're just running a time trial. Yeah. And so like I got my qualifying time and now I've just been running age group since, cause I want to race people that are competitive and, um, it's tough. Like I'm 37. So I'm in that like age group where it's pretty deep anyway. But if you have someone like a John Clark or like Juan Carlos Obando from Canada, he was supposed to run elite in Canada. And then, um, I saw he dropped out of elite to run age group. And like, that was the best thing you could do. Cause you got zero shot of making elite <laughs> when you should like have a chance to win your age group actually, but you won't get that crack if you don't run in 15 minutes instead. Yeah. And but he should, he, and he's a great example. We've known one for ages and he's a guy yeah. that is always kind of on that bubble. Yeah. But he should be allowed to take his shot and not have mm -hmm. to be penalized for it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you should be able to take, to, to go with it. And Maybe you're all, you're, you're discouraging people from pushing as hard as they can from, I, from reaching goals. Yeah. I think let, I mean, I, I don't know what the best answer is, but maybe the people that want to sign up for elite, like everyone take the top 20 and that's elite. And then everyone else goes to age group. But if you want to run in that like competitive wave, get the spotlight and all that stuff, then it's either it's invite from Deca or HQ or Jack Bauer can run the numbers and the top, what do they run? 10 at a time. The top 30 gets to go in the top three elite waves and everyone else gets trickled down to just age group. And then that way the best people are racing the best people. Cause that's what they want to do. And your winner is going to come out of that. That's what, I mean, I guess stadiums yeah. used to, used to be, they, they decided who was in the first wave. And you, everyone ran elite then because age groups weren't around, but they decided who was in the first wave based on their Robert Coble points. And then you should have been in the most competitive wave because that's why you're placed there. And then if you're seated because somehow then you're running against people you should be competing with and you should actually get a better time. And then if you're not in that top 30, then you just run whenever during the age group waves or competitive. And then, uh, so you're either competitive or you're you're open, and I think that would be the best. But I don't know what's what's the barrier to making that happen. Well, the the thing I look at it is when we did when we were in Philly there, and we all did we were all getting ready for teams. They need a more let's oh call it God. civilized version of how they did that. Oh man, you 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 yeah yeah. But I mean, let's <laughs> let's make that a little more official and civilized and planned ahead. But it actually worked yeah. quite well. Where for the I, most part, there was some I, snubs yeah. that should have been in the first wave, but yeah, there were yeah. some people in the first wave that didn't need to be true. But I mean, like, I will just say this. We were in the second wave and we had great battles. We had a fantastic mm -hmm. like, I, I don't know how, but I'm going to let's just say first through seven. We had a great battle. Mm -hmm. And and, you know, I sadly, the only downside was we didn't get to watch the first wave because yeah, <laughs> you guys yeah. were, we're gone. <laughs> so, I mean, they could clean that process up, but still apply it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think, I think it's the same thing, same thing you're saying, but it isn't doable. It's very doable. It's quite easy to look at the entry list and go, this guy's run. Boom, 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 boom. You can go down and see who's all. And then like you say, let Jack go. Oh yeah. I know this guy's good for <laughs> this. I know this guy's good for that. I mean, he's the one responsible for having Isaac Sanderson in the first wave, yeah. things like that. Right. He like, loves that stuff. Yeah, exactly. He has Jack has his role and does it well. Mm -hmm. No problems with him doing that. He would, I think, he'd be great for that. So it could be cleaned up. I hope it's cleaned up. And here's the thing that frightens me: because all three are not the same, mm -hmm. eventually they will be, which means they're going to go one way or the other. So either Fit's going to become like Strong and Mile, or Mile and Strong are going to become like Fit. And Jesus, I sure hope that it's not strong and mild become like fit. Because then we're going to all our strongs deciding, are we running a lead? Are we running age group? Right now, it works so well. You just show up and go. Well, then everybody everybody might as well race age group. Everybody. Yeah. And then it just eliminates the whole system. <laughs> so that's like Spartan. Well, I it just, 
so <laughs> with, with the amount of people that race the DECA strong, besides a handful of people, there is so little guarantee. So mm. if everybody just raced, like what if, what if everybody like in a way almost boycotted the system? <laughs> and like everybody raced age group nobody <laughs> like i then, said so spartan <laughs> I, well it's almost essentially <laughs> like you're just you're creating a problem here by making people choose like and this has always been my issue with it is it's not like people who race elite and people who race age group are dramatically different people like it's like a lot of us we could go one way or, or the other with the exception of a couple of few who it would just be ridiculous for them to race age group. So it's not like there's like a line and it's like that person is clearly an elite, that person is clearly an age group and you're super different. Like yeah, so you're just dry. Yeah, exactly. So because that's what Yancey's biggest point is is age groupers don't want elites dropping down to age group and taking their podium spots but if you don't make elite then you are an age grouper so you're not like an elite who didn't make elite you are an age grouper so then what happens is there's these people that are stuck in the middle who don't have a place to race who committed a lot of time in training to race deca but they're left out because they weren't good enough for elite but they're not able to drop down which i don't that makes no sense at all because essentially you are an age grouper at that point or whatever you want to define it as um but you have no place you have no place at the world championships and and i mean i can look at it from from my perspective in my group at all the uh, i'll be using the strong example like john clark john mm -hmm. clark is a guy with with a, a time that i is borderline for the elite or whatever the case may be but on my listing, he's still listed in my age group. So if he shows up in my age group, I'm not surprised. It's but, not an well, elite. Let's say John Clark has like a top 10 time yeah. and he qualifies for elite. Then maybe you don't let him drop down the age group because he qualified in elite. Yeah. But we're talking about Bethany who didn't qualify in elite. And then we're just like, let's shoot you aside because we're not going to drop you into age group. Mm -hmm. But you didn't qualify for elite. So what's there's the... What is it? <laughs> the area right. between hell and <laughs> purgatory? Like, I don't belong anywhere. Oh, and sorry, I'm back of purgatory. <laughs> that's, but you see, that's where I am right now, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I understand. Um, yeah. yeah I, I Actually, I, I don't mind what you're saying, too. If you Here's the thing. If you qualify elite and you don't want to run it and you're going to run age group, eh, you're just sandbagging. I'm sorry. I'll call it what it is. It's sandbagging. It's podium hunting. You should be proud that you made elite and race elite, elite and finish 20th. I mean, that's what I would do if I had the capability. Jack you know? Bauer award. Or, yeah, give miles, or give a tiny, tiny bit of incentive for people. Like, let's say I come in and I'm ranked 20th. There's incentive for people to still run and finish 20th in elite over going and racing the age group and getting a podium. Like, let's say everyone in the top 20, your race is paid for. Like, you know, a small amount of prize money is going to everyone who raced the top 20. So there's a tiny bit of incentive. How about a free race? Or swag. Maybe you're not really like a hat, not, a shirt. not losing money, but you spend a tiny bit of money that you can outfit the elite contenders. And that way you don't need to spend maybe the prize purse doesn't trickle down 20 spots like high rocks. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but you know, but how, there's some how incentive. Yeah, yeah. I like that. How simple would it be to give the top 20 shirts with their names on the back? Yeah. yeah they kind of did that last year. They paid for the elite wave to have it pressed. Exactly. And that's that's yeah. all it takes. But would be, you know, I'm just saying just it doesn't take a lot, but just something like that to make it. I don't know. But I've always been the guy that says if you qualify for elite, run elite because bloody well, you earned it and accept it and take it and go with it. And who cares if you become 20th? Yeah. Yeah. You know, man up. <laughs> exactly exactly or um woman up. woman up you know what we need to get leslie huffman in there she'll straighten them out she knows what it's about <laughs> she's got it figured um all right well we'd be remiss if we didn't do this kevin any tips for people getting ready for specifically the bike because i mean this has become your deal your sub 20 seconds bikes oh wait even before you get the tip thing here's something i want to ask you both sure ryan and i did a little experiment with the bike right and we talked about this a bit last week with vivian it's strange how it's 500 meter row 500 meter ski and then 25 cals on the bike and i don't know if you realize this for people out there but 
counting cows on bike is way different than counting distance. Mm-hmm. How big of a difference do you think would it on? Then you know, I'll tell you how big of a difference it was, but it would be a different race. Rye did 25 cows over four minutes, just plugged along slowly. And she would about 1800 meters. I did 25 cal in 50 seconds and I did 750 meters. What a different race it would be if the bike was meters instead of calories. And one, I'm sure bubbles Europe would be completely against that. Of course (laughs) we should put everything in calories. (laughs) (laughs) But do you, I think the one thing it would do would be really would even the gap between men and women. It would definitely bring it closer if they were all in meters because um i mean we're obviously the men in general are bigger and stronger structurally than the women for the ergs so we're pulling faster times but it's i i forget what podcast this might have been rich and ryan but they were talking about how and this is when it really clicked to me and i'm like i'm just gonna do 25 calories just about as fast as I can because there's no sense in waiting longer. Um, but the linear or the rowers are linear progression of measure of meters where this might not be exactly scientifically physics, but it made sense in my mind. The bike with calories is exponential. So if you hammer, you get way more bang for your buck. So you can row as hard as you can and you're going to go two, three seconds faster. You don't get any extra bang for your buck. You're just spending more calories or energy. Uh, but on the bike, if you hammer 1% more, you get a much bigger chunk of calories knocked out. And then the assaults have free calories, as some people have figured out that you can just let it ghost ride and you're knocking out some cows um, if you're like swapping partners or something on the bike. But it would definitely be closer. But I was going to, I didn't know that exact uh ratio dave but when you started presenting that question but i was like "Ooh, i'm gonna guess it's probably very very different it's, <laughs> it's huge like huge <laughs> i couldn't believe it i like i know i know we had her go really slow and i put in a, a pretty yeah. decent time but it was like from 18 1800 to 750 like she went an extra kilometer and 50 meters beyond what i did to get the same 25 cal and it's just, it was very interesting to me. I don't, I'm not professing to change it. I don't think they should change it. I like it the way it is, but I'm just saying it was just an interesting thing. And the bike being your wheelhouse, I thought that might be something would catch your interest. Um, yes. That's so tip, just the tip. Yes. Tips, tips for All people right. on the bikes here. Cause I mean, you are the bike expert going down here. 17 seconds. Sometimes you made me feel horrible in Carolina, but that's okay. Oh, so yes. Oh, how, this, how can we this, be more bubbles? Just saying hi. <laughs> Well, I, uh, I appreciate uh, Ryan Corning teaching me everything. He didn't really teach me, but he showed me what was possible. And uh, I got to give him a lot of credit for being the original bike king. And uh, he ran a 13 and 12, 12.30, I think, last weekend. Yep. Um, so good glad to see he's competing again. Um, he also um, broke, a, broke a record with Kayla Short. That was short-lived, um, pun intended, because <laughs> I was angry that Tara stole my record. So I was like, all right, hey, Ryan, great job. I'm going to take that tomorrow. And then Amber <laughs> and I grabbed that. But uh, anyways, so as we just talked about, the exponential amount of calories. So we all know we're playing with fire when we get to the bike. We're either completely dead and we're suffering or we're about to be dead and suffering. But if you understand that if you pedal a little harder – at least in spurts, you're going to get a couple more calories a little faster and you can cut off some chunks of time. So the double-edged sword, obviously you push harder, you're going to get more tired. So you need to figure out for yourself. I don't know what that is for you. I'm quite a bit larger than everyone in DECA except Matt Stankiewicz and maybe Jarrett Newby, but I think I'm still quite a bit heavier than him. So um, I have tried a number of things and my bike used to be 118 and I was so happy and proud that I get off the bike at 118 and I try to stay consistent the whole time and hold the same RPMs. And then I started seeing people crushing it and then realizing you can, you can hit it and get off and not die, but figuring out 
and as I'm what's going through my head now, I've gone through a series of things from close my eyes and just recite a prayer. And when I open my eyes, hopefully we're in the twenties and we're almost off. Um, I've told myself this is the rest station and just try to bamboozle myself into thinking I'm not dying. But at this point I'm thinking, and this is exclusive. I didn't tell too many people this, but get the fan moving slowly. Don't waste your energy. Everyone gets on and just starts hammering and the monitor didn't even turn on yet. So why are you wasting all the energy? It doesn't even count for your calories. And then if you watch any of my thousand bike videos that everyone posts every time I race, you can listen to the fan as it slowly gets louder and louder and then takes off uh, like a plane. But that's my, I guess, my game plan. If you don't have that power, then you shouldn't ramp up that fast because you're going to blow up and then as we saw Rich Ryan do, um, once you hit the red line, it goes from like whatever your RPMs are to like 10 RPMs because you're, you, you fall off a cliff immediately. So try and test kind of where you can ramp up and ramp up slow, but ramp up. And if you need to dip it down, do so before you hit the red line and then kind of do some cycles. But that should help you shave some time off of your bike without killing you and the more you practice it and the more you know how it feels and the more you do it without killing yourself, the more confidence you'll have. And then on race day, whether it's a strong mile or a fit, then you'll be able to get off the bike, still have something in the tank to run or move to the next station. And that should help you get a little bit faster on your bike. There you go. And, and I'll, I'll and be honest. I, don't I skip have, breakfast. I have been watching your videos and I have been playing with that exact technique. So and I have gotten better. I am not not at that level yet, but I've been getting steadily better. Dave, you copy my haircut. You copy my beard, and now you're copying my bike. Dude, this was you totally to my me? haircut. And I've already expressed that I'm the dollar store Kevin Gregory. <laughs> when you cannot afford Kevin Gregory, you go to the dollar store, you get me. I'm about one-eighth the size, but I'm way cheaper. Uh, All right. Dollar, um, we have Dollar General here. What's your dollar store called in Canada? Oh, they got like Dollar Tree. Oh, we have one of those. Dollar Rama. We don't have that. I yeah. saw that. I was like, there's another one I saw when I was there. Uh, yeah, I think that's is. probably the most popular one, isn't it? Dollar Rama. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> They're everywhere. I hate the dollar store. The Dollar Rama Dave. Oh God, don't do I hate the dollar. The dollar store. The dollar store is the worst place. It's the only thing worse than Walmart. My <laughs> kids love it. <laughs> anyway. All right. We kept Kevin long enough. Um, he's on a truncated time schedule. Beth, you got anything else for Kev tonight? No, thanks so much, Kevin. And congrats on all your success so far this year. And we will see you in Dallas. Sounds good. Are you guys going to Orlando? Nah, sadly, no. All right. I'll be there. I'll probably be in wave, stash back in wave two of the elite, but I will definitely see you guys in Dallas.